welcome everyone for another episode of True the Bible is your good friend A.A. Ron. And we are in 1 Samuel chapter 9. I'm just going to keep trying to move through these episodes pretty like not rush through them, but not doing as much. Uh, doing Normally I would do the psalm beforehand, do a psalm or a proverb. I'm going to try to keep these episodes short, under 15 no more than 30 minutes for sure. So thank you all. Thank you to all the faithful listeners who've been listening on the podcast. I, I notice I check out the analytics pretty often. And so I appreciate you all. And uh, yeah, I apologize for those episodes that kind of go have gone for an hour. So I'm trying to keep them yeah, under 30 minutes. So uh, is there anything else? Today was a great day. Overall, it was it was interesting. For a minute, it almost seemed like there was a big storm about to come through, and then it just passed, and then the sun shined. It was an interesting evening. So, yeah, it felt good to sleeping in this morning. Oh man, it felt really good. I haven't, I haven't slept in it for a while. So, for those of y'all that are wondering why I wasn't on IG Live this morning. That's why. So anyway, let's go right into it. We're in First Samuel chapter nine and first Samuel chapter eight. We talked about Israel had a they demanded a king that wanted to be just like all the other nations. God's plan from the beginning for his children of Israel was that they would be set apart. They wouldn't have a king like all the other nations. He was their yeah, he was their king. <laughs> so anyway, um Children of Israel, they they didn't like that idea, that plan. They wanted a king that they could manipulate, that they could bribe, and that they could. Uh, that's the only reason why I would think you would want a king, so because you can manipulate him and and uh, sway his rule, his ruling over you. So, but with God, there was no swaying. It's, it was his way or the highway. <laughs> Either you want to comply, or you just might die. All right. Here we go. First Samuel chapter nine. There was a prominent man of Benjamin named Kish, son of Abel, son of Zeror, son of Becherath, son of Aphiah, son of Benjaminite, son of a Benjaminite. Verse two. He had a son named Saul. So Saul was a Benjaminite, an impressive young man. There was no one more impressive among the Israelites than he. He stood a head taller than anyone else. One day, the donkeys of Saul's father, Kish, wandered off. Kish said to his son, Saul, take one of the servants with you and go look for the donkeys. Saul and his servants went through the hill country of Ephraim and then through the region of Shaliasha. But they didn't find them. They went through the region of Shalim. Nothing. Then they went through the Benjaminite region, but still didn't find them. When they came to the land of Zuf, Saul said to the servant who was with him, Come on, let's go back, or my father will stop worrying about the donkeys and start worrying about us. Look, the servant said, there's a man of God in this city who is highly respected. Everything he says is sure to come true. Let's go there now. Maybe he'll tell us which way we should go. Suppose we do go, Saul said to his servant. What do we take the, what do we take the man? 
The food from our packs is gone, and there is no gift to take to the man of God. What do we have? The servant answered Saul. Here, I have a little silver. I'll give it to the man of God, and he will tell us which way we should go. Hmm. Verse 9. Formerly in Israel, a man who was going to inquire of God would say, Come, let's go to the seer. For the prophet of today was formerly called the seer. Good, Saul replied to his servant. Come on, let's go. So they went to the city where the man of God was. As they were climbing the hill to the city, they found some young women coming out to draw water and asked, Is the seer here? The women answered, Yes, he is ahead of you. Hurry, he just now entered the city because there is a sacrifice for the people at the high place today. As soon as you enter the city, you will find him before he goes to the high place to eat. The people won't eat until he comes because he must bless the sacrifice. After that, the guests can eat. Go up immediately. You can find him now. So they went up toward the city. Saul and his servant were entering the city when they saw Samuel coming toward them on his way to the high place. Now, the day before Saul's arrival, the Lord had informed Samuel, At this time tomorrow, I will send you a man. (laughs) I will send you a man. From the land of Benjamin, anoint him ruler over my people Israel. He will save them from the Philistines because I have seen the affliction of my people for their cry has come to me. When Samuel saw Saul, the Lord told him, here is the man I told you about. He will govern my people. Saul approached Samuel in the city gate and asked, would you please tell me where the seer's house is? I am the seer, Samuel answered. Go up ahead of me to the high place and eat with me today. When I send you off in the morning, I'll tell you everything that's in your heart. As for the donkeys that wandered away from you three days ago, don't worry about them because they've been found. And who does all Israel who and who does all Israel desire but you and all your father's family? Saul responded, Am I not a Benjaminite from the smallest of Israel's tribes? And isn't my clan the least important of all the clans of the Benjaminite tribe? So why have you said something like this to me? I'm just, I don't know, I'm just going to say something real quick. It's interesting how God, but God orchestrated once again, all of this once again. He was speaking to Samuel already, and he was speaking to Saul. It just makes me think about my own life, how many divine appointments where God was speaking to somebody else. And then like our people are my name is being mentioned in rooms that I don't even know about yet. And then at the appointed time, God is will speak to me. And I just have it real quick. I have an interesting situation that happened when I was. Oh, I got this award. This is when I was at the bank. And I got this, and I was just a personal banker at the time. I say just a personal banker. Anyway, I was, yeah, I hadn't been promoted to be a small business banker yet. So anyway, I got some award that I was not expecting for, yeah, just how I handled customer service, whatever, as a personal banker. And uh, so I had to go downtown for this award to receive it, and... I had no clue that at the time my future boss was going to be was sitting right next to me. The guy who I ended up when I ended up becoming a small business banker, he ended up being my manager. 
But at that time, I hadn't hadn't even applied for the position yet. <laughs> I hadn't even applied. Like I hadn't. I was still a brand new personal banker. I think I had only been in my role for a few months. And so anyway, that guy was sitting right next to me when I received this award. And anyway, it helped when it came time for me to apply for that position. God orchestrated that whole thing. I didn't do it. There's so many things in my life where God has orchestrated stuff. He's my entire life is orchestrated by him. But um, yeah. So anyway, this this story reminds me of that kind of stuff. Here's Saul. Yeah. God was speaking to Samuel and he was speaking to Saul. So. And it's funny, too, that Saul right now is talking about how he's from the smallest of tribes and he's not worthy to have Samuel saying the things that he's saying about him. Later on, David's going to going to have a similar situation with David. But anyway, here we go. Verse 22, Samuel took Saul and his servant, brought them to the banquet hall and gave them a place at the head of the 30 or so men who had been invited. And 30. Then Samuel said to the cook, get the portion of meat that I gave you and told you to set aside. The cook picked up the thigh and what was attached to it and set it before Saul. Then Samuel said, notice that the reserved piece is set before you. Eat it because it was saved for you for this solemn event at the time. I said, I've invited the people. So Saul ate with Samuel that day. Afterward, they went down from the high place to the city and Samuel spoke with Saul on the roof. They got up early. There goes that phrase, got up early. It's all throughout the Bible. That's I, that's exactly why I'm working on going to bed earlier and getting up earlier. So, And just before dawn, Samuel called to Saul on the roof. Get up and I'll send you on your way. Saul got up and both he and Samuel went outside. As they were going down to the edge of the city, Samuel said to Saul, Tell the servant to go on ahead of us, but you stay for a while, and I'll reveal the word of God to you. So the servant went on. All right, we're left with another cliffhanger here. I'm going to see what time is it? 8.51. I want to be in bed by 10. So we're going to knock out. We're going to knock. try to knock. Since I'm going to do a del- an order about to say delivery since i didn't do a uh, an episode this morning or last night so i was knocking out the rest of my deliveries i needed to earn my bonus i'm gonna go ahead and knock out two episodes tonight all right so let's read these tony evans notes and then we'll move on to the next episode the point here is that saw came from good stock. He was impressive and a head taller than anyone else. These are qualities that would inspire confidence in the people. But as things would turn out, they were all that Saul had going for him. God was no doubt giving Israel the kind of king they wanted, someone who looked the part. But later, after the people saw the disaster that was King Saul, God would choose a king for them whose heart was right for the job. Once again, God looks at the outward. I mean, God looks at the inward, inward heart of a man or woman in the world. Man looks at the outward appearance. That's how we judge folks. Apparently, it was customary to bring a gift when seeking a prophet's advice. God's specific assignment for Saul was to save his people from the Philistines who were oppressing them. Indeed, Saul would have early success against the Philistines, but he would cower in fear 
with the rest of his army when Goliath defied Israel. And in the end, after God had rejected Saul and his life fell apart, he would die ingloriously at their hands. Dang, Tony, you like Tony is giving away the whole story about Saul. <laughs> we haven't even gotten there yet. He's already talking about it. Seating Saul at the head of the 30 men in attendance probably was a way of getting Saul's name and face out there. It signaled he was a person to notice. All right, that's all we got for Tony Evans. is going to hop on this Romans road. And then we're going to yeah knock out two more episodes. So Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short or fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 says, For the cost of sin or the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5a says, But God demonstrated or commended or showed his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And then Romans 10.13 says, For whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. And then lastly, Romans 10, 9 through 10 says that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and will believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with your heart, man man or woman believes unto righteousness and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So you can simply say this prayer to ask Jesus in, in your heart. Say, dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves to be punished. I believe Jesus Christ is the son of God who died for me and rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sin and trust Jesus Christ alone as my savior. Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I can now have through faith in Jesus. In Jesus' mighty, precious, amazing, awesome name we pray. Amen. All right. I'll be back.